Discord banter on the board with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner. Where the banter's as ferocious as Stefan Diggs staring down that AFC championship ceremony, brother. Matt, you gotta motivate yourself if you want to be a champion, you know? Yeah, man, he's taking the playbook out of uh, a kid on, uh, I think it was a university um, uh, championship game. Well, that was horrible. Sorry, great start. (laughs) Yeah, all good, man. You know, I wouldn't be able to know where that came from anyways. But look, if you want to be a champion, you gotta watch champions have it. And he lost that AFC championship game, and uh, hopefully he'll have a chance to come back. Yeah, man, hopefully, hopefully he does, because... Him and Josh Allen, they've got a special connection, but it was just, it wasn't enough to overcome Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill. Those boys are special. Matt, I may have somehow brought the GOAT to another championship, but uh, I'm not going to have an NFL take this week, but there is no way that I think I'm going to bet against Mahomes because he is way too good at football right now. Kevin, I have no idea how or what you did. You made some deal with the devil to get Tom Brady into the Super Bowl because there were some plays in that game where Brady definitely got the benefit of the doubt and it definitely led him to a win. But we were both 2-0 last week. I got the Raptors wins and losses, correct? Uh, not a bad week, but I, I'm... Matt, you were perfect. You were perfect, in my, in my opinion. You called it right on the point. Who was going to win, when it was going to happen. Like, I wasn't happy that we went 2-2, two two, but, I mean, you got it. Marissa was blaming me, man. She was like, you had no faith. You <laughs> put it out in the universe. That's why it's happened. She wanted me to hot take a 4-0 week, or a 3-0 week this week. I think I'm going to hot take a different kind of thing, but, you know, we'll get there. Let's start with the NFL, buddy. You actually um, paid attention because you had a lot riding on it. How did you look, feel about the game? I was pretty excited for Brady at the end of the day. Yeah, when it was done and over and I realized that somehow I was correct again and now I have this 3-0 record with my NFL takes, but anyways... I was hyped. I was excited. I had to watch a bunch of, you know, people commenting about it because I was like, I need to know what actually happened. And you said it best, Matt. Brady came out. He had an absolute stunner in the first, you know, first half. And then somehow the team pulled it through and he got through at the end of the game, right? Oh, my God, man. Okay, so let's start with the beginning of the game. Both he and Aaron Rodgers started off pretty fire. I think Aaron Rodgers didn't miss a pass until like his ninth or tenth. But Brady had the first half that all legends would want. I mean, he had went through for 202 yards, three TDs. He threw for a last-second touchdown to Scotty Miller um, on a go-route where oh, Kevin King, he is probably getting killed by Packers fans right now. <laughs> this poor cornerback, man. He's actually a pretty good player, but he got lit up in that game. And then he fell apart, though, Brady. Brady just, in the second half, he threw for 78 yards, three uh, interceptions and they didn't lose the game i was i was stunned i was shocked i also didn't like the way that the game ended because it was a uh third third and eight or something and they need the first down to run out the clock but they get a pass interference call which was pretty ticky tack because he grabbed his like stretchy shirt which like stretches out like 10 inches and then the ref doesn't call it initially, but then throws in a late flag to give it to them when they should have thrown a flag on Aaron Rodgers' first interception because the wide receiver was definitely yanked back by his jersey. Like, it was just not great, but Aaron Rodgers really shot himself in the foot when he started to just force the ball to Devontae Adams. There were two times in that game that they were inside the 10, and they had, like, first and goal, and yet... They had to kick field goals, and he had a chance to run in a touchdown, and he doesn't. Everyone's blaming Aaron Jones, but the real blame has to go to Aaron Rodgers here for me. Ugh, that's rough to hear. I remember leading up to the game, Matt, all that everybody was saying was, you've got these legendary QBs, Brady, who's got all the accolades, Rodgers, who, I mean, you said it best earlier, has done some incredible things that, you know, some people couldn't, couldn't like, replicate. But yeah, at the end of the day, playoff experience made it through, and Rodgers unfortunately choked. I mean, Brady choked, but he choked less than Rodgers, Rodgers did, apparently. Yeah, man, I have, I have no idea. Rodgers just, when they get behind that team, he, because I, I think he's such a prima donna, 
they just don't have faith in him because they don't they don't love their leader. Whereas Tom is a pretty lovable leader. So even when he's not playing great, the guys still rally around him. I mean, that defensive line uh, was unreal between Jason Pierre-Paul, Shaquille Barrett, uh, Dominic and Sue. Like it was a wild, wild defensive line for them, and that really held them held them in the game, man. Because after the first half, Brady did not much else. Well, that's it, right? The defense has to go up. But hey, let's move on to the other side, Matt. The new age of football quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes casually making his way to another Super Bowl? Casually is definitely the way to say it, man. He, I mean, they start down 9 nothing. Like, talk about the opposite of Tom Brady, who needed a fast start. Patrick Mahomes is just kind of chilling there. McCole Hardman, uh, Fumbles a, a punt, so gives the gives the Bills a great field position inside the 10, and he throws a touchdown, uh, Josh Allen does, to Kevin Knox, I believe. But from that point on, it was all Kansas City, man. I mean, Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey to Tyreek Hill, running plays to McCole Hardman on the ground. I mean, the guy ended up 29 of 38, 325 yards and three touchdowns and didn't really even try in the fourth quarter because it was pretty much locked away. Tyreek Hill, 172 yards in a playoff game. Like, wild. Yikes. That's that's a lot of yardage. I mean, at the end of the day, I guess it sounds like Mahomes just had more weapons to throw to, more weapons to work with. And, uh, I mean, you can't stop them when they're that good. You know... There's a lot of talk about that, that Patrick has been in the best situation imaginable for a quarterback and that he's always had great weapons and stuff. The guy still does it, though. I do feel bad for Josh Allen. He didn't have any semblance of a running game most of the year. And when you're the leading rusher as the quarterback in your playoff game, unless you're like Lamar Jackson, you're probably not going to win. So he had to do what he could. Stephon Diggs is a great wide receiver, but I mean, that team is so talented. I wouldn't. I would. I wasn't gonna pick against them all year, and I'm still not gonna pick against them now. I think they're gonna absolutely crush Tom. <laughs> I mean, it would be the ultimate story for Tom to overcome this. Matt, I've been hearing this question: Is this potentially the greatest QB matchup ever? We've got the greatest, most award-given QB in Tom Brady, who's going to his tenth Super Bowl. Am I correct in saying yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, you are. Tenth Super Bowl. Against the kid who is up and coming, who in the same vein could be talked about as Brady or better 10, 15, 20 years from now. Like, it, it could be it, unreal if they both show up. It's 100% the greatest Super Bowl quarterback duel in history. Because you're right, man. I think it's hard to say Tom Brady in any capacity isn't the GOAT. Um, maybe I test. But people would argue you argue you there. And at the end of the day, man, he if you break up his career into different decades, he's been to the most Super Bowls by a quarterback in each decade, like but like total career. Like he's got five in each decade. He's got um three wins in the first decade and two wins in this decade. Like he his career is unbelievable, but you're right. I think Patrick Mahomes is going to surpass him. The guy's been to two out of three Super Bowls since he's been the starter. He's hosted three AFC Championship games, and he looks unstoppable. Unlike Tom, he passes the eye test for what the greatest quarterback in the league looks like. And it, it is Patrick Mahomes. It's wild. And he's 20. 20- Five. Three, 24, 25? Like, 25. Dude. It's my age. Lots of, long, lots of time for Mahomes to be great. I'm in a weird place thinking about this game coming up, Matt, because uh, so much of me wants Brady to win it because it would be the ultimate, like, motivation factor for Mahomes to be like, man, even though I am, like, going to be potentially the greatest QB, like, Early on when I'm starting my prime, I get beat by what is the arguably greatest QB at 43 years old. What? Like, it's not going to happen. But if it did, the greatest story, dude. Dude, I think honestly over the last five years or six years, Tom Brady's been to like four Super Bowls. I, I think I'm correct in saying that. But in the last six years, he's been to four Super Bowls. So... 
the guy's only gotten better with age because he was never a, an athletic marvel. It's all about the brain processing power. And he's he's doing it at a level that's unseen in the NFL in history. It's just he's playing a guy who's got physical gifts that are unseen in NFL history. Patrick Mahomes can do things with his arm throwing the ball that I just never thought were possible. So as much as I think Tom Brady is definitely the GOAT, he is 100% the QB GOAT, he's going to get beat. Just a fact. Oh, and how good is it going to feel for Mahomes if he can put Brady down? And nothing can stop him at that point. The, the sky's the limit. Knowing him, thinking about where he would want to be, what he would want to do, I don't think he's going to not want to ever not win a championship at that point, you know? Yeah, man. Are we going to see like a, a three-peat, a four-peat? Maybe. It'd be wild. It would be wild for football. Anything else, Matt? Or is it time for the hardwood? It is definitely time for some basketball, man, because it wasn't a great week for, <laughs> for basketball for us, but it was it was a pretty good week. Matt, it wasn't a great week for us, but it was a great week for COVID in the league. One positive case. We went back down compared to the last few weeks. It's the lowest since the single case from December 10th, 16th. So I'm happy about that. I mean, still 23 games have been delayed so far. Eight games in the last seven days alone. My favorite thing, Matt, Popovich, the legend himself got his vaccine. He did it on social media to, you know, raise awareness. I'm excited that that man is a little bit safer from this deadly virus. Same man, Pop's a treasure and, you know, we got to keep him in the in the league and keep him Absolutely. coaching cuz he's fantastic and and you're right, you know, one positive test. Yeah, there was a positive test, but that's a lot better than it's been. And yeah, they're canceling games, but it it seems like they're canceling less games than they were at the beginning of the season. So hopefully they can still fit in everything and and get the season finished. Because I would hate to have basketball stop. Matt, I'm happy that these games are getting canceled because of contract tracing, not because of actual positive cases. So the NBA is doing extra cautious things to make sure that the players are safe. Which, as much as I'm unhappy that we've had as much problems that we've had and we've only proven that the bubble was truly effective and amazing and exactly what was needed to make last season end the nba is doing their best and at least the players in my mind should feel safer now than they did a few months ago yeah i think they're doing a great job and it's really just your like your teammates going out and uh <laughs> and uh, interacting with the real world yeah exactly having poor decisions so I mean, NBA players should feel safe 100%. So, we'll talk about injuries now, and then we can talk about the awesome, fun stuff. We'll get the easy stuff out of the way. The only big thing this week was that Wendell Carter Jr. for the Bulls went down. Uh, he's got a right quad contusion. They're going to reevaluate him in about four weeks, but there's no real timetable for his return. I mean, the Bulls are doing decent right now you know they're 10th place 7 and 10 they're seven you know and... wendell uh, they're better than us yeah they're better than us they're 7 and 10 they're <laughs> they're technically still uh in the playoff hunt just like we are and they're right there i mean the knicks are only 8 and 11 so that's not too far off and you know wendell carter was putting in some work for them uh he's their only center on their roster though markman can probably play some of those minutes and <sighs> 17.3 per on 13 points per game, eight rebounds, like nothing to sneeze at. He'll definitely be missed for the few weeks. So certain players, cough, cough, Zach Levine, who's been having a great season, will have to keep stepping up for the Bulls if they want to stay in that race. Man. The only other injury, well, not really injury, but to be mentioned is that Karis LeVert did have surgery to remove, remove that mask. Successful it was surgery. Successful. Ooh. Yes. Super happy, super excited for him. Hopefully we'll, I mean, hopefully we'll hear more is what I'm saying, but I mean, hopefully we won't hear anything and he's just super happy, healthy and heals good, but I'm glad that it was a successful surgery and a young potential star in the league won't be hindered or potentially taken out of his talent because of that. Yeah, man, it would be really tough to see Karis Levert um, not be able to play again. The guy's only, he's only 26. He's just entering his prime in terms of NBA, like, I would be really sad, and I hope that he can just rest up and, and come back on the court with Indiana. 
because they they actually look like a pretty good team. Not gonna lie. No, definitely the Pacers third in the third in the East right now, eleven and seven. We can't complain against them. Matt, where do you want to start this week? Do you want to talk about players? Do you want to talk about the standings? What's on your mind? What's on your focus? Man, I think I want to talk about some players because there have been some bonkers performances. But since last week, man, there are five guys in my estimation that are just having crazy, crazy weeks. Luka Doncic, man, averaging almost 32 points on 7.5 rebounds and 10 assists. Like, wild that people don't think that he could win the MVP this year doing that. Uh, I was just about to make that joke, but you beat me to it, Matt. Yeah, Luka Doncic playing unreal. The team around him not having the best season. I mean, Porzingis has played good, but not great. And the rest of the team hasn't exactly gelled. One and three. I mean, Doncic, right? Doncic is doing Doncic thing, go. Oh, yeah. he No, Doncic is doing Doncic things, but they're one in three with him averaging that line. Like, how obnoxious. Like, I'd be is... so mad if I was Luca. I mean, he's doing everything he can, and hopefully he can keep it up and the team can work around him and the media will give him the respect he deserves because, I mean, LeBron's been doing good, but, I mean, his team compared to Luca is uh, stars above, you know? Yeah, I, I don't know if you can really say that with the rest of the roster. It's just that Anthony Davis also just attracts so much attention, right? And then you've got LeBron, who at age 36, 18 years in the league, is dropping 20 points in the fourth quarter because some fan made him mad. Like, the guy averaged almost 33 points, eight rebounds, and six and a half assists this this week. He's an ageless marvel, wonder. Nobody's been doing what he he's able to do. Um, you're right, though. He's He's got a superstar in Anthony Davis. Matt, when I came into the league, you know, when I really became a fan of the league eight years ago or so, not, I don't even know, maybe nine years ago at this point, uh, I was the Raptors fan that was like, ugh, LeBron James, ugh, I despise you, ugh, you're too good. And now I'm sitting here all these years later going, man, I'm going to be so sad when he stops playing this game because I don't get to watch a lot of games, but when I do get to tune in and watch him play, it's always absolutely beautiful and you can say that yeah ad may be the only true factor but the two of them together are absolutely unstoppable wildly good i mean they're definitely the favorites at the moment and i would be hard pressed to to pick against them people are picking those nets but they've got defensive issues i mean when you lose back-to-back games against the Cavs, i don't think you can really consider yourselves shoe-ins to win Honestly, but Matt, you're jumping ahead. We'll get we'll get to that team because we're talking about these weekly performances of these players. You've mentioned the one Western player on your five list with LeBron. Going down the list now, an Eastern stud who has been playing unreal when his running mate has been out. Jalen Brown. Matt, talk to me about this unreal Celtics gameplay right now. Well, man, he is the only thing that's keeping them afloat at the moment. Jalen Brown is averaging, he averaged 31.25, 5.25, and 2.75, and uh, two and two record this, this week. The man has been absolutely bonkers. The fact that he doesn't have the running mate that he did in Jalen uh, Jalen. Don't do it Jason again. Jason Tatum. Ah, I almost did it again. Don't and the fact again. that his. Oh man, he's just—he's just wild. He's so good. Um, Kemba's been hurt too. Yeah, and he's just keeping them afloat, man. He's doing it on efficient scoring too. The guy's been lights out from three lately. I can't say enough about him. Fantasy pickup, I mean, baby. As much as I am never excited to be talking about the Celtics having good things going for them, Jalen Brown should be an all-star this season and if he doesn't get voted in i'll be disappointed hopefully he can keep things going for that celtics team i mean should i be saying this they're 10 and 7 they're sitting fifth in the east they're happy right now at this point in time yeah man they're they're happy and they're gonna get their players back i mean we'll get to it but the east is a is a big old mess somebody who has been dominating and you think is the most dominant player in the nba today would be Joel Embiid. That man, 33, 
ten and a three zero record. They were three and one this week, but he didn't play in that one Detroit game, so I I cut him a break. That guy is unstoppable. Matt, I know I'm jumping ahead again, and I'm going to talk about his team and not just Embiid, but I love the fact that he's playing so well because of his second best player on that team in Tobias Harris. Tobias has been having an unreal season. I don't want to talk about Ben Simmons because he's been lackluster at best. But having Tobias shooting the way that he is next to Embiid playing at his almost unstoppable like I don't think Embiid has been truly this dominant in the league he's always said I'm I'm the most unstoppable player in the league you can't beat me I'm I'm the best big but this year Matt he is proving it and there's a reason why Philly is the top of the east right now man is he ever proving it the guy has two games of 40 plus and 10 plus he's got I think five games of 30 plus and 10 plus and it's they're only like 16 games into the season man like wild Joel Embiid was definitely hearing me say that Philadelphia was not going to be a playoff team and was like I take this personally it's not happening ugh I'm just taking L's Matt meanwhile Ben Simmons is like yo Kevin I got you I'll I'll drag you Man, I don't know what's going on with Ben Simmons. I don't know if hitting that three-point shot early in the season made him think that, you know what, I can shoot, but I don't have to prove anything. I'll just do whatever because Joel's having a great season. But he has looked lackluster. Like, he still does fine on his playmaking. He gets his rebounds. He gets a decent amount of points. But he's not the dominant ball handler that we've seen in the past from him. And it's frustrating for a lot of fans, I bet. Yeah, man. I mean, it might be the way that Doc's system is working. It might be the the added focus to Embiid. I mean, who knows? But you're right. He has not had the typical Ben Simmons season that we've been accustomed to seeing. Um, and it's it's pretty sad, man. You know who's having a typical season for them, though? Those Washington Wizards. And the last guy on my list who may be having the most impressive leap with a 37 five and five slash line went oh and three with that does bradley beal need to leave oh my god bradley port can somebody can everybody just call up bradley beal and say hey man it's okay like i know you want to be a wizard for life but it's okay you can leave you can go join a contender you are one of the best players in the nba right now do it, man. Just do it. I want Bradley Beal to go join a good team because he is too good to be playing on this team. The guy has multiple games of 40-plus points where they lose. He's multiple games of, like, 35-plus points over the last two years. Like, I think his record in those games is atrocious. Where it shouldn't be. If you're capable of scoring 35 points on a given night like that, I mean... How are you on the worst team in the NBA? He's averaging the most points in the entire NBA. And they're still god-awful, man. Worse than eight. Matt, I feel bad that a team that is 3-11, sorry, 3-10 and 10 before last night's game, when Bradley Beal is playing this good and has to play, you know, the entire second half of a game where, they're, where they lose and they go, they're now 3-11, like, they're not going to win. I'm sorry, Westbrook's not playing. Like, I feel bad for him in the situation that he's in, and it's unfortunate. And he's proving, at least with his play, that he is still a fantastic player and can put up these numbers. And I hope somebody dangles the carrot in front of Washington enough for them to bite at it and let Beal out of that situation. Yeah, same, man. I hope he gets out of that situation because it it just sucks watching his his career get wasted out there. Yeah. Matt, you talked about these amazing five players. I'm going to mention another who didn't have an amazing weekly performance, but I can't not mention it because Clint Capella put up a triple-double the other night. 13 points, 19 rebounds, and 10 blocks. Zero assists, by the way, but I have to mention this triple-double. Like, what? 10 blocks is, is not something that you see every day. That is a wild stat line. I think Draymond was the last one to get a triple-double without... Um, oh, he did it without points. He did it uh, assists, rebounds, yeah. and uh, steals? 
Yeah, I think it was steals. Draymond's crazy that way, though. So. Yeah, man. Yeah. Hey, man. But if you're gonna be put into that kind of category, it's a it's a pretty nice category to be in. That's it, right? You gotta definitely be putting in some focus in that work, and I mean, Clint Capella is a uh, defensive monster, a rim protector. Ten blocks. If anyone's gonna get it, it's gonna be him. Maybe I don't even know Drummond. Maybe Gobert. Maybe, not too many players. Maybe though, Chris Boucher. Yeah, <laughs> maybe Boucher. He does put in that effort. Dude, he had seven blocks earlier in the season. Could happen. Could happen. Not wrong. I won't give you that one. <laughs> Before we go into the standings, Kevin, I did want to talk about the hottest team in the NBA, the Utah Jazz, who are on a 10-game winning streak. Are you impressed by the winning streak? I mean, it's such a weird place because, I mean, going into the beginning of this season, we both were down on the Jazz for multiple reasons, and they've been playing good but not great. 10-game win streak is pretty fantastic. I mean, the Hawks just snapped the Clippers' 7-game win streak last night, and I don't think anyone else is close. And I mean, Gobert did have 29-20 and the other night doing what he does, but they haven't been playing the best of the best in the league, and I think that's where it falters in terms of their impressiveness with this 10-game win streak. Yeah, I I think you're right there. I mean, they did start the this this with a win against the Bucks, so not too bad. The streak started and they started they back. did beat them handily too. Yeah, and they they have beaten the 500 Cavs, the the 500 Atlanta Hawks, um, Dallas, who you know hasn't had a great season, but you know they still got Luka Doncic. They beat the Nuggets and the Warriors, which are pretty good. But you're right. I mean, I had them at eight at best, and they are 14 and four, blowing past my expectations. Wild for them. Right? Like, if, if there was a win against the Lakers or, you know, beating the Sixers uh, after a back-to-back against somebody else, potentially, you know, I would be really impressed with this Jazz team. But, hey, I wasn't impressed from the beginning of the season, and only time will tell if they can continue not just this streak, but, you know, their trajectory on this season. Hey, I'll be happy to say I was wrong and the Jazz are a playoff team and they're doing great things, even if I don't believe that Gobert is a center that you should build your team around. Well, you know what, man? I think we, we both underestimated some of their players. Um, Jordan Clarkson playing like six men of the year, almost averaging 18 points. And, you know, for all the slack that Rudy Gobert gets about the fact that he's not a scorer, he is that defensive anchor. He's got a great PER right now. It's tops, one of the tops in the league, especially for his position. I, I, I got to give it to them, man. They've got some good wins. I'm really impressed. I did not the biggest. Did not think they'd be here. The biggest thing, Matt, for them is that Mike Conley has showed up and decided, you know what, I am going to be the star that I am. Because he had a terrible season last season, unfortunate as it was to say. I'm a big Mike Conley fan. I always liked him on the Grizzlies. This year, he's having a great season. And if he can continue it, of course the Jazz are going to play like that. No, man, you're right. He has definitely, definitely picked it up this year. And they've they've come together, put together an amazing streak, put them at the top of the West, man. I still don't think they're the best team in the Western Conference, though. (laughs) No, you're not gonna you're not gonna beat the Lakers until you beat them in a seven game series right now. I'm sorry. Anthony Davis, LeBron, too strong. And even the Clippers are proving things right now, even with their woes, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, Kawhi and PG playing lights out. Uh both of them offensive monsters, defensive monsters. They've got that team chugging along at thirteen and five. Denver's completely flipped it around, man. They're at eleven and seven, fourth and fourth in the West. I do want to mention before we move too far forward about the Clippers is that we won't be seeing Kawhi or PG for a little while because they're both under COVID protocol right now. I don't know if you knew that. That sucks. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but hopefully that team can truck along. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry for stopping you. I know you're on a roll there. Oh, that's okay, man. I was just going to say, Denver's changed it around, um, and it's really tight out west. It looks so, so tight out there that, you know, those those 8-10 and 10 Dallas Mavericks or – the 7-9 Houston Rockets, who have been better of late with John Wall and Victor Oladipo, maybe could make the playoffs. Matt, how do you feel about your earlier season John Wall comments, how you were just smacking him down no matter what all preseason before he got to play? How do you feel now? Uh, I feel like I was a little premature on it. Um, a little premature. He's not been amazing. He hasn't. But John Wall has looked pretty good. Again, he's 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 been... 
almost all-star level, in my opinion. But when you're getting paid to be the number one player <laughs> on the team, yeah, you're still leaving a little bit to, to, to be desired. The guy's only averaging 18 points a game. So. They're they're seven and nine, Matt. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I'm gonna say. Like, if they if they had a better record, we could talk differently. But yeah, hey man, but they're it's... on a three game winning streak. So look, don't look now. Look, the Rockets can be on the up and up. They've gotten that toxic beard out of the locker room. Yeah, I mean, I mean, uh, we'll talk. We'll save. I'll save Harden and his amazing play on the east side of the conference once we get over there. Matt, a team that we're gonna face hopefully. In the next few days, the Kings seven and ten. Is anything good going for them? Are we just always forgetting about the Kings at this point? Man, they've got Tyrese Halliburton who's playing at like a rookie of the year. Oh, that's caliber. true. They did have right. their two games against the Grizz postponed this week, but they were on a bit of a losing streak. I mean, they had lost four games before they finally beat the Knicks and then got postponed. Beat the Magic last night, so not a great win, but a decent win. I think they're they're a decent team, and they put up a pretty good fight against us, man. They were up almost like 30, 40 points in the first first half. We had to come all the way back in that game. The Kings like to score points. They don't love to play defense. And the Raptors love to play defense, and somehow, in the sometimes in the we third, but mostly points. in the fourth, forget to score points. So, you know, I look at a team like the Kings, and I'm not surprised that we have those close games, but we... As the Raptors, but the way that we play with the talent we have should beat a team like the Kings just based on our play styles alone. But that hasn't happened this season for us, sadly. All the time. Man, unfortunately, our season has been up and down, and uh, we'll get there in the East. (laughs) Any big surprises out west for you? I mean, besides the Pelicans not holding up to your expectations so far this season. I mean, we can look at the Timberwolves being the bottom of the league, and, I mean, are we surprised? They still have done nothing besides a good draft pick and getting another non-defensive player besides... I don't know. The Timberwolves are a hot mess right now, in my opinion. Man, absolute hot mess. I mean, Anthony Edwards is okay. He doesn't look great. Um, he's shooting below 40% everywhere, and he's only averaging 13 points a game. You've got Carl Anthony Towns and T'Angelo Russell who are in and out of the lineup with their injuries. That roster was supposed to be a lot better than it was, and it's just not. It's just trash. You're right, man. Big surprise. Matt, the Wolves are doing the hashtag fade for Cade and just going to go all in on scoring next year and just light up the league. That's their plan, in my opinion. Yeah interesting to watch that's for sure yeah yeah but i i'm good that's it for me on the west we could move to the east if you're also good yeah man i'm down to move to the east because those knicks men still hanging in there at 8 and 11 they have not played well of late but they're still in the playoffs man they need julius randall to go back to shooting 60 percent from three and maybe they can uh, increase their record man julius randall's having himself a season i don't think anybody ever expected this from him eh you're right. I should not be slandering him. He has been playing fantastic. He is the most important player for that organization right now, would you say? Yeah, him and RJ Barrett, the number one and number two most important players. I do like what they've been getting from Emmanuel quickly. He's been... Yeah, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, man. He's been really good in the minutes that they've been able to give him. Um, who knows if that team is going to be any good. The Knicks are a coin flip right now. I mean, they're on a three-game losing streak. They're three of seven in their last ten games, right? They could flip it around in two weeks. They could be seven of three, right? Like, we don't really know. They're they're young. You know, Tibbs doing what he's doing. And I'm seeing great work out of RJ, which I'm always happy to see. You know, Canadian boy playing well. But I don't know, man. The Nets are the primo New York team right now. At twelve and eight, seven and three in their last ten on a three-game win streak. Wow, what a complete reverse of the Knicks, eh? Man, the Nets—they have been playing well of late. I mean, after those back-to-back losses on the Cavs, um, they got wins against the Heat, which I don't think they're that impressive. The wins against the Heat, man, because at the end of the day, the Heat's roster has been decimated by COVID. 
decimated by injuries, and they have not been able to put together a great roster. And then only beating the Hawks by four, are we really going to consider them a shoe-in to win the East? That's it, right? The Nets have proven that they're a good team. They've got arguably the best big three that you could put together. But, I mean, chemistry issues, bench issues, defensive issues. Matt, the rumors I've heard about this team and buying out Andre Drummond midseason, like, they are desperate to figure out some of their problems, and I just don't know how long that's going to take. And if they can figure out the right roster shuffles midseason, sure, they could be a shoe-in, but... You're right. No, not right now. Not yet. Not with the way that Philly's playing. Not with the way the Bucks are playing. Not with the way that the Celtics could be playing. Like, no. Yeah, man. I honestly, I see the Celtics probably coming out of the East, or it, maybe Milwaukee if Giannis is really just hiding, hiding what he's gonna do in the playoffs. Which I do think that he's 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 holding back a little bit on us. He's not giving us the full Giannis experience because he's got those two MVPs. He doesn't need more MVPs. He needs championships, and he knows it. Man, until you were telling me this earlier, I was drinking the media Kool-Aid. I was all on, oh, you know what? Giannis is whatever. He's not been having the best season. You know, yada, yada, yada. Fault me. I haven't watched a ton of Bucks games, so that's probably why. But you're completely sound with your logic. Like, Giannis may be taking one out of LeBron's book. He may be looking at these past few seasons like, what do these things mean? if I can't win a championship, if I can't win the East. And yeah, save it a little, you know, get ready for the playoffs because they're going to come up sooner rather than later in this semi-shortened season we've got going on. Yeah, man. And I mean, their next two games are against the Pelicans and the Hornets. They win those. They're still tied with Philly for the top team in the East. So it's not like they're having a bad season by any means. The guy's still one of the top pers in the, in the NBA. He's one of the statistical leaders in like all major categories when you want to go points rebounds and assists he's top i think 30 in all of them so you can't it's not like he's bad and the team has been playing decently well like drew holiday fits in pretty well brooke lopez is having a brooke lopez season chris middleton has been playing i think better than most of us would expect bobby portis has actually fit in really well Dante DiVincenzo has taken that point guard role to heart whenever Giannis doesn't want to have the ball in his hands. Like, I wasn't happy with the way that they put this team together at the beginning of the season, but uh, I'm not disappointed now, and they're playing decent no, as the Bucks. They're definitely, definitely playing decent. Uh, DiVincenzo's been um, a much better offensive player this year. Um, mm-hmm. Drew Holiday's kind of... He's hit and miss, but he provides that that nightly consistent effort on the defensive end and on the playmaking end. So he's he's definitely an upgrade on Eric Bledsoe, who is if he's not scoring, he's not doing anything for you. So I mean, their team's good, but again, I'm still not picking against the Lakers. Not not gonna do it, man. I mean, you still wouldn't even pick the Bucks to get out of the East at this point, considering where things are. But Matt, I want to talk about this Pacers team that we slightly mentioned earlier sitting third in the east at 11 and 7 they're 5 and 5 in their last 10 they had some injuries with turner sabonis had to prove i mean he had a game where he was a defensive monster at one point i forget it was one of the ones earlier this week i'm sad i didn't write it down but this pacers team is i think here to stay not like top four in the east but playoff team for sure dude 100 percent. this this is a playoff team between Malcolm Brogdon, Miles Turner, Sabonis, and uh, Holiday, they've got Justin and Aaron Holiday. I think I really like their their roster. Imagine, TJ, imagine if they had Levert. TJ Warren didn't even play against us this week, and they put up quite a bit of a fight. You're right, Karis Levert, and they had issues with uh, losing Sabonis in the last game because the game against us, he was a monster on the glass 19 Mm -hmm. rebounds i mean it was very very hard to watch the only silver lining that i had was that og man og was able to shut him down on the offensive yeah exactly that was the silver lining right yeah man the man can we talk about og can we just go under after chat (laughs) i'm down honestly at this point like the rest of the east is whatever there's not much going on 
OG, that 30-point game. Take it away, Matt. Take it away. Dude, 30 points, 8 rebounds on 9 of 16, 8 of 10 from the free-throw line, 4 of 6 from deep, 5 steals, and a block. This man was fire against the Pacers. He was coming off that fire game against uh, the Heat, and buddy, did he not disappoint in that game. Because it wasn't your typical, like, oh, we don't have Pascal, we don't have uh, Kyle, I'm going to take over. Like, watch me take over. He played within himself. He played within the game. And he was focused more on the defensive end. He just got to 30 points. In the first half, he had 17 points on 7 of 10 shooting with no free throws. Wild. Yeah, I was sad to have missed this performance since I was at work. But watching the highlights, I really got to see OG in his prime, doing what he does. And I'm glad that he was given that opportunity and he can have a night like that to look back because considering Pascal's struggles, considering Fred's offensive struggles recently, we're going to need more nights like that from OG. And I hope that that confidence booster can keep him going, you know? Yeah, man. I really hope that that confidence booster can, can keep him going. He had a pretty good game in the second game. I didn't like the fact that they didn't even try to call the flagrant foul on the Pacers yeah. player who elbowed him in the face and knocked him out of the last five minutes. I truly believe it would have been a completely different game had that call been made correctly and had he not missed out on five plus minutes of the last eight in the fourth quarter. No, it's absolutely unfortunate. It's it's not okay. Like classic toronto and ref's life right like we can't get a break sometimes dude marissa absolutely gets so frustrated watching our games and i and i get her point it's it's tough to watch as we get called for ticky tack fouls for fouls that you would think oh you could let that go and then every time our players get fouled like that there's absolutely no call and our players yes they complain to the refs but they have to, man. When you get hit in the face like that and hit the deck, like, he just fell. The ref's not going to call a whistle? Like, you have no disregard for his player safety? Like, honestly. Just to make a point because you're the ref? Like, we get it. Call the game. Jeez. Yeah, no, there's, there's things that need to be avoided. But, hey, we've had enough negativity this season. Let's focus on some positivity to close out this Raptors chat. I'm going to start with Lowry hitting that 10,000 points. The Groat, the Raptors legend, you know. I'm glad that he did it. I know it took him probably a game or two more than he should have. All credits to Lowry for hitting that 10,000 points. Fantastic milestone. Do you see what he said after the game, taking this subtle shot at uh, DeMar and the fact that he'll never catch DeMar because DeMar was a gunner? And there were so many plays when they played together that Kyle was just wide open on the three-point line. And (laughs) DeMar ended up taking the shot anyways because DeMar just wouldn't pass to him. I loved it. (laughs) I miss those two. They're, oh, God, yeah, I'm glad Larry could have that little cheeky moment to say that, eh? Yeah, man. I mean, who knows if he'll ever catch DeMar because DeMar's a a scorer, man. He was such a a scorer for us. He's still a scorer in this league. I mean, he's keeping San Antonio afloat out there. We didn't talk about them, but they're still in the playoffs. They're in the playoffs, actually, out there. Yeah, he also had a wicked game the other night, he, uh, getting them a W. Man, if he wanted to come back as an unrestricted free agent, I'd welcome him with open arms. I know he's gotten better at his game, but like, uh, how much are we going to pay him? Uh, too far, too far. In the I future. do love him, though. I know, right? Okay, let's talk about some other players on the Raptors that have actually been doing really well. I mean, I'll mention him real quick and we can move on. Aaron Baines had a really good night. He but... He's been playing better of late. He's stepped it up. He's not fantastic by any means, and he's not the starting center that we need. Mm-hmm. But he has stepped it up. He has been playing better. He's been playing his minutes well. So I'll give him that. Exactly. I'm happy to see it, considering we dropped Landon. He kind of has to at this point. I'm personally happy to see Utah getting some minutes, playing you know aggressively, having some hustle. He still has his defensive blunders. But hey... 
I'm happy to see the man get some Dude, minutes. you know what? I gave it to you at the beginning of the year watching you yeah. play after the first, like, five games. I was pretty done with I him, was, and I was ready to well, kick I him off the Well, I had hyped him up. <laughs> I, oh, he, I didn't... He, he gives us that effort on a nightly basis. He is a grinder. He's a junkyard dog. He's going to go after it. He's going to make his plays when he can. And he's been... He's actually been hitting some threes. So... You know, he's probably definitely here to stay. The man that surprised me the most for our Raptors is Stanley Johnson, man. I've had hope for him since they signed him last year because he was an eighth overall draft pick. But after they didn't they didn't play him at all last year, I had I was like, Oh, he's done. But he has really carved out a role with his defensive Yo, ability. Stanley sat around last season and watched Nurse play players that gave defensive effort that proved they were consistent that they were willing to buy into his system and he went you know what i'm gonna learn everything and do everything i can to be that player and he has come out played unreal defense tricked us every time he shoots a corner three and we're like oh gee wait a second is that stanley like i'm so happy to see stanley playing well man and he's getting more confident he did a fake pass to norm the other night and tried to hit a three i mean he didn't go in but you gotta like the confidence because at the beginning of the year, he wasn't even taking that shot. So, gotta love that he's improving. And you're right, man. If we can have two guys that look like OG, our defense is going to be wild. Oh, man, who would love it? Exactly. We got three games coming up this week. Kings on Friday. And then the Magic in two games on Sunday and Tuesday. Going to be some interesting games coming up, my dude. Man, hopefully we can beat beat these teams and then get to, I think we'd be one game back of 500. We'd be 10-11. It'd be, it'd be a time, man. We'd be in the playoffs. Uh, I it think we can be, make it. It would be a heaven sent compared to where we thought we were going to be when we were, what, 2-7? and seven? <sighs> Just a few weeks ago? Exactly. Oof. And, you know, man, I still got friends that are like fade for Cade. And, you know, if we can't compete with the number the elites, then why compete at all? But it's because you want to develop Pascal, you want to develop Freddie, and you want to develop OG. Because we could add a, a just a mid-level all-star even, like a guy like them. If we had Sabonis, our team could win a championship. I truly Honestly, that. we're missing certain pieces and that's it. Now, Matt, I do know that you want to go off about your Montreal Canadiens before we close out this episode. So move into some NHL before we close out with some predictions. Well, just a really quick on the NHL. We, they only played two games last week, a 7-3 win and a 5-2 win. Um, they have been <laughs> lights out, one of the best teams in the NHL. Uh, they were Last time they had played, um, they were at 29 goals for. The next closest team was at 19. They've got three of the top 10 ranking lines in terms of advanced metrics in the NHL. That's three out of 120, and they have three in the top 10. Wow. Um, you love to hear it wild for my Montreal Canadiens it's I'm so excited I'm so giddy though there was one massive trade in the NHL this week Patrick Laine and Jack Roslevic for Pierre-Luc Dubois and a third round pick when I saw this trade come through I had two emotions one of jubilation because my Montreal Canadiens were said to be in on Pierre-Luc Dubois and we're probably oh. going to have to give up either Nick Suzuki or uh, KK plus. Which you would most definitely not want. Not want. No, no, thank you. <laughs> and confusion because the Winnipeg Jets had the second overall pick in that draft in 2016, could have taken Pierre-Luc Dubois, chose to take Patrick Lane. Patrick Lane in the NHL has done nothing but be one of the best goal scorers ever. He's got 0.82 points per game average, a 0.46 goals per game average, and he is just an absolute sniper. He can score 40 goals in his sleep for a guy who averages 0.67 points per game and 0.28 goals per game? For a guy who... His best season is 27 goals in 82 games against Patrick Lane's worst season of 28 goals in 64. I didn't get it, man. It was confusion. The fact that they had to throw in Jack Roslevic, the fact that they only got a third round pick back. I mean, 
just confusion. But hey, only time will tell. Sometimes when you want your guy, right, you'll pay anything to get, even if you made a quote-unquote mistake by not getting him in the draft seasons earlier. But hey, you're right, time will tell. Man, I'm going to get to see a tandem in Columbus that I actually wanted to see last year in Montreal. Patrick Lane playing with Max Domi. We'll see if it works out. Columbus is super thin at center now, but they do have a perennial 40-goal score on their roster, so that's nice. What I know about hockey is that uh, goals win games, so uh, sounds like a W in my mind. Dude, when in the NHL, scoring 30 goals is looked at upon as elite. The guy makes scores 40 in his sleep. Like, he scores 30 like it's like he's walking out of bed. It's unreal to see him play um, with his shot. He's not the best defensive forward, and he doesn't have, like, the flashiest plays, but the guy can shoot a puck. Oh, man. Well, I look forward to hearing uh, from you weeks by if this turns out to be an absolute debacle for one of these teams. All right, Kevin. So instead of hot takes this week, I wanted to change it up to mystic predictions because we've always been predicting the future. Our hot takes sometimes wane, you know, for that spiciness. So my mystic prediction this week, Montreal is going to go 4-0. Two wins against Calgary, two wins against Vancouver, and they're going to be 8-0-2. Start the season. Let's go. That would be crazy for you. Now, I've been cursing you like crazy with my NFL takes the past few weeks. Always voting against you. I'm going to be nice this week because I know you really want this for Montreal. So I'm not going to say anything about my hometown Calgary team, even though I should for the boys. I'm going to stick to basketball. Yeah, hometown. Yeah, where I live, exactly. I'm doing basketball this week, Matt. Marissa wanted it from you, and you wouldn't give it to her, so I'm going to do it. Raps are going 3-0. If you had a set at the beginning of this season that if the Raps were going to play, you know, the Kings and then the Magic in two games in one week, that we weren't going to go 3-0 against them, you would get laughed at. So that's what we're going with. 3-0, we're, climb is continuing, we're getting to 500, Matt. We're going to be that close. Man, I hope, because you're right, at the beginning of the season, if I'd seen those three games, I would have said easy 3-0 week, but... I'm looking at it and I, I'm I'm expecting losses. So, <laughs> hey man, with the season we've had, you're always expecting losses. No, so it is what it is. Anything else this week, Matt? Or are we good to go? No, nah, man. I think you can wrap us up. Beautiful. Well, thank you everybody for being here. You can check out more from us at theboardsports.net. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at theboardsports. This podcast is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Follow us for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.